0: Today I have a really interesting and special guest for you. His name is Jeff McDonald, and he is an idea architect. He used to be an architect. He studied for seven years in Australia, in the U.S., and practiced for two years in Australia and in the U.K. He presented at conferences in Australia, New Zealand, Canada, and the U.S. And uh, he is right now. Uh, a combination between the, the most important things and the most uh, um, sought after things in his life, ideas and architecture. So now he blends them and uh, he is an idea architect and uh, he's going to um, let us know more about what this is and uh, how this works. Jeff?
1: Thanks, Georgian. Thanks for having me on the show. Um, So basically an ideas architect, I tend to work with consultants and speakers and coaches and thought leaders and experts of some kind. I help them take their ideas and ideally create products or services out of them. So it might be to help them write a book, it might be to create a seminar or design some new slides for a keynote presentation, something like that. So it's really about mostly creating either a presentation or a information product for them based on the, the knowledge and expertise that they have.
0: All right, this is, this is really interesting. I've always admired architecture in in general, and um, I, I at least here it's really hard to get into architecture school. Like you have to take personal one on one hours with the teacher before you get to get into school and you have to learn a lot of things that they don't teach you in high school to actually get to the to the university and uh, it seems something really hard to do and complicated uh, how is it actually
1: <laughs> i must have got lucky i must have came in through the side door or something um in australia it was just a case of um having enough marks and if you got enough marks from your high school results, you just got in. So we didn't have to do Mm -hmm. interviews like that way back when I did it. So maybe that's changed now. But um, And it's certainly the great thing about the architecture study is that you do cover such a wide range of topics. So you're talking about basic engineering, you're talking about materials, you're talking about design, you're talking about history. There's a whole lot that goes through it and that's why I loved it. But in the same way, when it got to practice, uh, I just found it was too many details for me. I'm much more of a big-picture guy and the details <laughs> bored me. <laughs> I yeah, studied for so long, but when I got to practice, I just didn't like it. Um, I just found it really boring.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I'm sure it is from many points of view because um, – I've seen the, some sketches, and I, I've seen all the details that go into them, and it's wow. But I do admire, the, like when when I go traveling, uh, I think it's not just my case, but the, a lot of the things that we admire when when we go traveling are uh, the the buildings, the architecture of different places, and for me, that's amazing to to see such such wonders. Uh, it's wow.
1: Yeah, absolutely, same for me. There's some a lot of great buildings out there. There's a lot I don't like, but that's what goes with the course. You know, you're not going to like them all.
0: Yeah, sure, I'm sure. So um, getting back to uh, to our topic today, um, the, the first thing that I, I would like to uh, ask you about is what is your favourite quote on gratitude?
1: Well, my favourite quote, and I don't know exactly, but basically it was that, gratitude is the antidote to anger and I went through a few um, a bit of struggle a few years ago where I had a few financial problems when a business partnership fell over and all the rest of it and I was just so frustrated with a whole bunch of things and I was getting angry about a whole bunch of things and up until that point I, I think I dismissed gratitude. I'd always thought it was some new agey thing that didn't mean anything to anybody and i thought people were kidding themselves if they were trying to be grateful as a means to being happy and then when i was going through this and i saw this quote i thought oh that's really interesting and that's when i started to explore it a bit further so really that one quote changed everything for me around gratitude because up to that point i did i basically said it was a silly idea
0: yeah totally it's Uh, it's a matter of getting there and actually experiencing uh, gratitude and experience uh, the power it has. And that's when you actually understand it because uh, until then it's like, it's just a concept. Yeah, that
1: was very much the idea that you can't be angry and grateful at the same time. You know, mm-hmm. they're really opposites you know you can try it out if you like try to be angry and try to be grateful at the same time and you really can't <laughs>
0: yeah it's That's true it's,
1: it's beautiful as an antidote if you want to be not that then maybe you try that one instead
0: yeah exactly and usually uh, how i see things at least um anger it has has a more destructive uh way of expressing itself while um gratitude uh helps build, like uh, building upon the things that are already good in your life and things like that. And this is what I I think uh, works as a parallel between the two.
1: I think anger is often very destructive. Like we can do things when we're angry that we regret, but there's also an upside to anger. Anger is like one of the most powerful emotions we can have and it can get us into action. So it can be a really motivating force that I can get really angry about something that forces me to go, okay, I'm going to do this, this and get on it. So it can be really useful from that perspective. It's just that when it becomes out of control anger and not focused or funneled anger, then we can cause all sorts of damage and that's when we're dangerous to ourselves, to other things and <laughs> other people as well. So, yeah, there's the two sides to anger around that. But certainly gratitude is, let's say it this way, it's not necessarily got the same emotional um, intensity to it. It's probably more of a, what's the way of saying it? It's like, it's. I don't want to dismiss it as it's being light or soft or anything like that because I think they don't give it justice around what it is. So if anger is strong and powerful, gratitude is almost like that platform or that foundation that we can use for everything else so it's really strong in a soft way if that makes sense whereas yeah. anger is strong in a violent way possibly
0: yeah um, yeah, yeah exactly it
1: could be strong in a soft way and a polite perhaps it's a polite way maybe that's a way of saying it we can be strong with our gratitude but in a polite way because i think when i'm grateful for stuff i'm much more a polite to everything around me certainly if i 'm grateful for what 's going on for me, the way I interact with other people is is softer and more polite and more respectful to them as well and I think that 's where the power comes from
0: hmm that's a wonderful perspective yeah um, we we really do tend to to interact with uh, with other people and with the exterior in another way when when we are feeling grateful and uh, it it is a powerful way it is a strong way even if uh it's not aggressive Some somehow it's not uh, strong in a very uh obvious way somehow yeah.
1: yeah there's probably some good quotes from the buddha or something like that around that where the soft way can be the way i think i always like the analogies back to nature like with water or something like that and a few drops of water can be soft and beautiful like when it's raining and that has a one effect but we can also have rain that's like a thunderstorm that's really powerful that has a different effect and they're both useful um i just think there's also a i think the intensity is crucial because anger you just can't maintain that for very long it tends to be strong short outburst whereas gratitude is something that the big or even keel that just keeps going and becomes your rock for a long period of time. So it's very steadying. Steady, steady, steadying. That's it, yeah. steadying. So it's steadying and, and ultimately calming, and that's why we can keep being in that space. So if we want to get through a challenge, it actually works to be in a soft, smooth space rather than being in a strong, violent sort of space because you're just not going to be able to keep that energy up for too long
0: exactly exactly that's wonderful so um you were mentioning uh, anger um what do you do when it's hard to be grateful like when you're really <laughs> angry or when you are in difficult situations in your life
1: um sometimes i struggle <laughs> um but ideally i'd go for a walk so i know that i've just got to get my body moving so part of that could be, you know, I love to get on my bike and just go for a ride. I love to do some exercise or even just walking. But whatever I need to do, it's like I've just got to shift the body. So Mm -hmm. if I just sat in the chair, I'd just stew around the anger for too long. Whereas Mm -hmm. if I just get up and ideally go for a walk, even if it's half an hour, ideally, you know, outside in nature in some way, but something like that just lets the body just settle and, hopefully distracts the mind and gets it back onto an even keel and thinking about something else. Whereas literally when we're sitting down, we just hang on to it. There's nowhere for the anger to really leave. Um, But moving the body lets it just sort of escape and we can settle down again. So that's my secret weapon, going for walks. Mm,
0: That's awesome. I think it's really, it's something that we we can all do easily. And... uh, um, it really there was
1: just a lot of now saying that walking is probably the most powerful exercise we can do. By all means we need to get the heart rate up, by all means we need to lift heavy things and get the body moving. We also need to be flexible. But walking seems to be one that the body has a natural rhythm for. And if you think back to caveman days, that the natural response for someone in that situation was that we're moving consistently and slowly through the day whereas today most of our lifestyles are we're sitting at our desks and on computers all day and that's actually not what our body was designed for it was actually designed to move slowly for a long period of time and walking is primarily how we do that and probably we're not doing enough walking and even whilst getting on a treadmill or doing cardio is useful in some some ways, or even doing intense exercise like lifting weights or doing slow exercise like yoga, it's that long, steady walking over half an hour or maybe an hour or even two hours or more that the body just settles into a nice little rhythm and that's what it's designed to do. We're not designed. We weren't. We didn't evolve sitting down. We, just, we evolved moving. And if you think about most animals, like your, your dog out in the backyard is probably a good example. He's either asleep or he's moving. He doesn't just stand there on the spot all day. And I think that's as human beings. That's probably what we need to be doing. It's just we need to be moving.
0: Yeah, exactly. And um, I think this has some uh, some impact also on, on our health. And uh, usually, for me at least, when uh, when I'm not feeling great physically, uh, I find it a bit harder to, to be grateful. It's like... Um, The the unease uh, that I feel in in the body makes it, uh, grabs my attention and uh, um, it's harder when I want to refocus on the the good things. And yeah, I think walking and uh, also the thing with walking also is fresh air. Uh, That's also very important for our brain and for... um, for our body in general, actually.
1: Well, that's actually the principle behind exercise that it's oxygenating, putting oxygen through our bodies. You know, we're having to breathe harder, the lungs and the chest and the heart have to beat more, and it pushes more oxygen through the body. And I'm no expert, and, but, and I have heard them talk about oxygen and cancer and that sort of thing. And if you can get the body moving, um, it actually does make for a healthier body just by having oxygen through the body. That's what we're designed to do. To do.
0: Awesome, yeah. Mm. So, uh, in your life, uh, you you mentioned something about uh, having had a, a, a partnership that didn't go so well. I, I think that might not be in the easiest part of your life, but... Um, do you feel like gratitude has helped you in in that period, or um, where when you found out this what, what you what you said about gratitude that uh, it's a way to um, to choose it over anger?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think it was one of the crucial things that, as I said, the walking was one of the physical things that got me moving, but the whole principle around gratitude for me is to actually look for things that are actually okay. Whereas when things are going bad, it's really easy to focus on the, the bad things all the time. And it's not just good or bad. It's sometimes it's just like, it's, it's actually like the idea to say that I'm grateful to be alive is is quite a strange one at one level, because when we don't consciously live in that space, we're always thinking, Oh, it's good that I have a new car. It's bad that I have an old car. It's this, good bad dialogue but sometimes it's just sitting there and being comfortable with i'm actually grateful just for this chance to sit and think about something even. and i think that's where the idea of small mercies comes in um a small mercy being hey i'm actually just really happy that i've got that whereas we can be really um bad to ourselves if you like that like, where's my food? Where's my thing? Oh, that internet's not working. Oh, my phone's not working. Oh, they haven't paid my bill. And we can find all sorts of things to complain about. And gratitude, I think, just takes us out of that complaint stage and into the point where we can actually celebrate things in life. You know, it's actually good that, you know, like, isn't this amazing? I'm sitting in Australia. It's 8 o'clock in the evening. And here we are. You're sitting on the other side of the planet. And we're having a live conversation. Exactly, yeah. be really easy to go oh damn internet doesn't work but that's a bloody miracle that we can actually even have this conversation and i think these are the things that are around us every day and most of the time they're they're almost invisible to us and i think that's what happens particularly in our relationships as well we take them for granted it's really easy to just know them to be there or expect them to be there and i think that's where gratitude is just taking those moments to just go hey. This is actually pretty thrilling when you think about it. And so we it's not just, it can be a neutral where it's just like, oh, that's really nice, but it can also be a really powerful thing that actually is exciting if we actually stopped and thought about what's actually around us and in our lives and the people that care about us and the things they do for us and all those sorts of things. There's a lot of miracles going around without being flippant about it.
0: Exactly, exactly. Uh, we we tend to, I think there is, there is a name for this, but uh, it doesn't come to mind right now. Um, after a while, we tend to take things for granted. It's like, of course, it's, it's like it's been there forever. And,
1: uh, and that's actually how the brain is designed to work. Yeah. So if you think about the brain, all this neuroscience stuff, the brain is really energy-intensive. So a lot of our energy that we have and put into our body goes to running this brain. That's how big it is. So the brain takes a whole bunch of shortcuts. So if it had to think about, oh, yes, I really love my partner or I'm really grateful for the internet all the time, we'd never have any intention to actually get anything done. So it short circuits and collapses everything just to accept that and get on with it. So So it becomes transparent or invisible for us. We don't even see it because the brain's then looking out for whatever else it's got to look out for. So that's like our inbuilt system that's shutting down. It's actually not designed to be grateful. So therefore, we've actually got to make the effort to be grateful because our brain's going in the opposite direction of just accepting how things are. The brain's ultimately looking out for changes that could be dangerous. So when things are the same all the time, it's trying to collapse them so we don't see them anymore. So it actually takes something to be grateful It's not just a a nice thing. It actually forces the brain to stop and consider what's actually going on. And that's that piece around being present, because I think that's where all the choices are made. When we're not stopping and checking in and being aware of what's going on, we're not actually choosing what we could be choosing. We're just accepting and adopting what's already in play. And I think that robs us of life in a big way.
0: Yeah, wonderful. Wonderful idea. Um and I also believe that uh, uh reconnecting with your with your heart um not in a in a like a physical way but uh in an emotional way that that helps to 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 feel to try to feel more and to try to um enjoy the, the things you you see more not from a mental perspective but from an emotional one. I think that yeah. that's also helpful
1: and that's been a real journey for me because I'm really a head person you know I love the ideas and the mental stuff so to actually drop down into my body and experience the emotions has been a i guess it's been the last 10 years that I've actually started to explore that and sometimes I don't like it but most of the time that's where where the happiness and the joy lives as well so you know I think that is where like we experience life like it's that old analogy. If we only experience life through a book, it would actually be pretty shallow. Whereas we live in our emotions. That's really where the color of life is—is is in our emotions.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I think it's uh, it's mostly a, ch- a challenge for men. Like uh, we <laughs> we tend to to be more in our heads and to be more uh, um, goal oriented and uh, less of um, about our emotions, but. Uh, yeah.
1: <laughs> and that's the caveman again. So back in the caveman days, the man had to go out and chase down the saber toothed tigers and find the food and that was stressful stuff. So we had to focus on that. Whereas the women stayed back and they had to be the nurturing, which meant they had the caring, loving role. Whereas men had the the action aggressive sort of role, if you so so to speak. So our brains we are wired that way. And but it's also if we can get that just because I'm wired that way doesn't mean I have to live that way. We get a choice around it, and I think mm-hmm. that's what the great opportunity. And I think it's it's slowly coming through that men, you know, like you and me, are actually engaging with our emotions, and you know, we're be- I think we're better for it.
0: Yeah, totally, totally. It's uh, it's through emotions that we we live this world and uh, we experience it, and the emotions are the ones that. Uh, um, that we remember in time much more than uh, facts.
1: like Absolutely, absolutely. I remember years ago when I first travelled to Europe, I had um, two cameras. One was my big one, which had my big lens. And because I'd studied architecture, I almost took, I think I took about five rolls of film, which was a lot of <laughs> in film in those days. And I took all these buildings. And on the other camera I had was like my instant camera. And I took pictures of the people that I was with. And when I came home, I had all the printed pictures and I had hundreds of pictures of all these buildings and I was like boring, 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 boring. But every time I looked at the people pictures, it was like, oh, great. I remember when we laughed about so-and-so and I remember when this happened. And, and the people in the pictures were the ones that gave me the greatest joy, whereas the buildings, which is what I thought I went to see, which I suppose I did at one level, they were the boring bits when I came home. So I thought that, that was a nice lesson for me around weather where life really
0: happens. Mm, that's wonderful wonderful example really. Um indeed we um we tend to appreciate uh relationships and emotions much more than we uh on an emotional level than we do for uh, physical things like anything yeah. actually.
1: <laughs> At the end of the day, they say when we're about to die, we don't look back and think about the things in our life. We think back to the people. So we might as well start thinking about that now rather than waiting till we die.
0: Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, so what I also wanted to ask you is, um, when, when did you get to, to, to discover uh, gratitude, like really on, on a personal level? Do you, did you have a meaningful experience around it or how did this happen?
1: Well, the quote I mentioned earlier was probably the turning point because I, I realised that, I, as I said at the start, I think I've dismissed gratitude as just being this fluffy, UAG agey thingo. And then I guess I'd, I'd been reading a few Buddhist books and they started talking about it. I thought, oh, well, I suppose at least the Buddhists are talking about it, so maybe there's something there because I was doing meditation and stuff. And it was only when I saw that quote and started to realise that it was the 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 antidote to my anger and my frustration, I thought, oh, okay, even if it's fluffy, it still might be useful. And I thought about it as a useful thing, like a practical tool. And I sort of got into it from then. But I guess over time as I've done a practice, so my usual practice around it is most days I have a journal where I, I draw the line down the middle on one column. I write down, what am I grateful for? And I usually try to come up with at least 20 different things. And on the other column, I write down, what am I looking forward to? And wow. that, what I realized was there was just taking the time to do that was actually a really nourishing experience. It was nice to just sit there and think about my life for only five minutes to actually do that. And that's when it started to be, I guess, took it out of my head to actually give me experience of gratitude. Because when I'd done meditations around it, I just thought, oh, well, not getting this but when I started to do this through my journal over a period of time I realized there was things that consistently came up that I was grateful for and there'd be days where I'd write down all these things and there'd be days where I wrote down all the people in my life and over time I think the people are winning I'm writing, people down <laughs> lot, I'm writing things down but it's also that sense of I think it's just, again, taking the moment to be with whatever's going on in my life and actually just identify where it's going, you know, in ways that I'm really happy about or I'm actually enjoying, or well, it might be just minor things. It might be that I'm really pleased just to be able to sit down for five minutes so I can write in this journal, because I know somewhere around the world there's probably some guy who's doing an 18-hour day and he's getting paid peanuts for it, but at least I got to sit down today. that you know, and actually write. So there's always, it's just taking that moment and I think that's where I connected it with my heart rather than just being in my head around it. And so that was probably the turning point, actually doing it over a long period of time. And then more recently, I've I've just read a book called, I've actually got it here, I just borrowed it from the library. It's called Hardwiring Happiness and it's by Rick Hansen. And he's basically, so he's got a medical background and what he's saying is that, our brain is actually wired up to give more credit to negative experiences than positive experiences. So when we have, a, and this is all a safety device, so again, you think back to caveman days, when something goes wrong, if we eat the wrong food, we could die. But if we eat the right food, we get a little bit of nourishment and it's no big deal. So the choice about eating wrong food is magnified and the other one's minimised. And so our negative experiences take a lot more brain space than our positive ones do. And if we want to be grateful, we've actually got to almost magnify the good things or the gratifying things over the negative things. So So what I used to do was actually just write my list as quick as I could and sometimes I'd sit there. But what he says is if you can actually spend 10 to 15 seconds and that's not a lot of time, 10 to 15 seconds enjoying the good things, then you actually expand the the desirable part the, gratif- part, the gratitude part, compared to the negative part. And if we can do that over time, we'll slowly wire our brains to more grateful things than just having all that negative stuff hanging around all that less desirable stuff. So I've started playing with that a little bit lately and just trying to extend writing in my journal so it takes me maybe 10 minutes instead of five, but it's more enjoyable because I'm sitting there going, thinking about a friend and it's like, ah, oh. and it's so much more enjoyable rather than just being in the headspace of going tick, 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 tick. And I think that's a big practice for people is to just see if we can extend those good moments for 10 or 15 seconds and live them out rather than just sort of ticking them off and moving on. Your brain will reward you for it.
0: This is wonderful. This is also what I what I've been. Uh, I'm trying to do with with this podcast to, um, for it to be consistent uh, and for um, helping people, helping our audience to uh, find ways that they are great for them to use to uh, to be grateful consistently, because this will help in rewiring the brain and uh, in seeing the world in a different way. If you just do it once a month, once a I don't know uh, every period of time, uh, it's not actually enough, and it's it will be good in that moment, but it's much better to 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 do it much more often, and uh, that will that will be a lasting change, I think. Something yeah, goes-
1: absolutely. I I think the. All this neuroscience stuff, it really comes down to that we're actually, in the same way that an athlete trains his body, that everything we do through our day is training our mind. And when you look at someone who's 60 and happy, it's because they've trained their brain to be happy over a long period of time. There's no happy gene. You can take pills, but that's a whole other story. But if you want to be happy, even if you're not happy right now, you can actually start to train yourself little by little and over a longer period of time, you can have that as your natural way of being in the world and that's got to be, well, why would, what else is there to choose, really? You'd choose that every time, wouldn't you? It's just taking consistent action over a period of time and that's what we can all have and that's certainly what I, I'm aspiring to. I'd love to be happy more and more often rather than defaulting to sad or angry or something else.
0: Yeah, exactly. And uh, uh, what I also love about uh, about your idea what, about what you do um, is the fact that you have things that you look forward to. Yeah. Uh, I think this is also uh, a big part of happiness in general, uh, to have things, beautiful things that you look forward to. And this is, this is really awesome.
1: And it could be as simple as I'm going to have ice cream. You know, it doesn't <laughs> have to be a big thing. And that also counters the the depression side of it. So one of the challenges around depression is that their mental view of the world is that there's nothing to look forward to. So simply in the same way gratitude gets us present, being able to say I'm looking forward to something builds the muscle as an antidote to any risk of depression. So you're building optimism or you're building a desire and an excitement to something that's going to happen later that day or the next week or maybe a goal for a year down the track or whatever it might be. And like the gratitude journal, it could be something as simple as I'm really looking forward to some ice cream when I finish this or it could be I'm looking for a world trip at the end of the year when I've made all my money or whatever else you've done. So it can be small and it can be bigger and it can be somewhere in between
0: yeah and i think the combination is actually amazing because um for instance um i sometimes have uh i, uh, I struggle sometimes to to think about positive things in the future um, but that only happens when i'm not in a positive state right now and uh, getting first getting into a positive state by um, thinking about the things that you are grateful and feeling the things that you are grateful and afterwards, uh, uh, looking forward to things that uh, will uh, you're looking forward to actually, <laughs> uh, and this is amazing. And it's, I, I think it's a, a powerful duo.
1: Yeah, absolutely. There are I don't know Batman and Robin or something, but it's a good combination.
0: Yeah, wonderful, wonderful. Really, really uh, uh, strong and really to the point. I I love it. I love it. Um.
1: And so simple as well. Like seriously, yeah. If you exactly. can't take five minutes to sit down and write down ten things that you're looking forward to, well, life must be hard. <laughs>
0: yeah, exactly, exactly. And uh, I think this also ha- helps with uh, rewiring the brain. Like uh, instead of thinking, oh, the the future is so gloomy and it's so dark and you actually rewind, you rewire your brain to, to look forward to things and to think, okay, things, positive things are coming and I'm looking forward to living, to experiencing life. This is wonderful, yeah.
1: Yeah, unfortunately we're, we live in a world where the media knows that the negative things have more impact on us. So the media is full of negative stuff and less desirable stuff and they create drama. And the same a lot of the TV shows, particularly the reality TV, they're all designed to create drama, to make them interesting because that's what stimulates our brain. We actually have to work a little bit harder just to find those sweet spots for ourselves where we get a little bit of joy or a little bit of happiness. And as we keep saying, it's about each little spot adds up. Um, I think the analogy almost to smoking is, is a really good one because one cigarette doesn't kill you. But if you keep doing it long enough, it'll probably kill you and it's the opposite of that is one little piece of happiness is not going to make a lot of difference. It'll be fun for a little bit. But if you keep doing that consistently through your day and most days over a long period of time, you'll actually get a diff- that result of being happier.
0: This is this is great stuff, yeah. Awesome. Thank you. Um so uh what, what I was really curious to to talk with you about is if you could go back in time like 10 years ago or 20 years ago or um, in a time when you weren't feeling too grateful with uh, your life and with yourself? And uh, what would you tell your younger self about this, about gratitude?
1: I think, I, I don't know what the exact words would be, but it would certainly be, this is good stuff. You know, it's almost as simple as that. This is good stuff, do it, and you'll be a better person because of it. And I, And I'd love to think it's like, I know they're starting to do mindfulness and meditation and these sort of things in school now. And I just wish I had it in school. It's just like, cause I was always the stressed out little kid, you know, I know actually that's not true. I was probably a happy little kid, but then once I started getting a bit older and maybe when I became an adult, I started stressing out. So for a long time, I was just stressed out about stuff and I was anxious and I was nervous. And I was always struggling just trying to get my head around life. and. I just wish I knew that much earlier, that it's like most of the time you don't have to worry about all that stuff because all that stuff you just imagine is probably not going to happen anyway. But if I had the tools of just being grateful and being in the moment and just looking at life differently, I'd probably be, well, let's say it this way, instead of where I am now, I'd be 10 years ahead or 20 years ahead of where I am and where I want to be. So yeah, would be what I'd say. It's just like I just wish I'd gra- grab this and run with it because it's gold.
0: Yeah, I, I totally, totally agree with this and uh, this has been my experience also, um, w- always wanting to be further ahead and not being too satisfied with where where I was at that point and enjoying the, the age I was at and uh, the experiences and always wanting to be the, on the next step and things like that and... <laughs>
1: Well, one of the places that actually comes from is that all the marketing and advertising we see. So yeah. The whole point of marketing and advertising is to say, you're actually not okay right now. You're actually flawed or you're broken or you're not as good as you could be because what you need is this wonder product. And once you have this wonder product, this new pair of shoes, this new shirt, this new car, new whatever, then you'll be okay. So we're constantly told through all our media that the world's bad. Then all the advertising telling us we're not bad because we need this new wonder product. But I think there's a major shift. So I track a lot of trends and stuff and there's a major shift going on at the moment that we're starting to turn away from this consumer orientated, this material orientated world and a lot more of us are looking internally where ultimately happiness can happen. You know, we can't get happy for very long from stuff outside of us. The long-term happiness comes from inside of us. And so we just need to be alert to some of the things that are trying to influence outside of us. And I'm all for advertising and marketing. You know, businesses need to attract customers. We just need to be aware of the impact they have on us and not let the news tear us down and think the world's all wrong and not let marketing think that I'm flawed and broken. We need to be really clear that that's actually a message that I can choose to accept or not. And I'm actually fundamentally okay. I may still want that pair of shoes, but it's not going to make me a better person. So it's choosing in those ways rather than just being, um, I guess, a victim at one level without actually consciously choosing or thinking about what's actually going on and what's trying to attract our attention. So if I can choose where I put my attention, then ultimately I'm in charge
0: exactly yeah this is wonderfully said perfect and uh i I didn't think about this um, and i think it's a really good uh way of of seeing things yeah
1: yeah i think it's just like part of being grateful is being present and actually in that moment just checking what's actually going on Mm -hmm. because when we're stressed or even when we're just in motion We often are just assuming and presuming about how the world is, whereas if we can actually just take a moment and go, what's really going on here? You know, it's like checking in here and taking that moment to realise that you were sitting on the other side of the world and here I am. And, boy, if we are in a hurry, we wouldn't consider that, but that's actually magic. But we've got to stop and consider and be aware of what's actually going on to get that that piece of magic in our lives.
0: Yeah, and uh, th- even more wonderful and even more amazing and magical, like like you said, is the fact that uh, right now, um, I- sometime in the future, right now, <laughs> uh, people will be listening to us having this chat from uh, all around the world, and uh, they will be tuning in, and they will be listening to this, and this is amazing, like, the, it would be like 100 years ago it would have been impossible to us even meet actually yeah and uh, right now
1: the other thing that's really extraordinary about it is it's actually free like, yeah. like yes you've got to pay your internet and i've got to pay my internet and you had to buy the microphone and i had to buy the computer but once we've got those things in play this is actually free right
0: Exactly. If the cost
1: to actually do this and have these conversations and effectively run your own radio station, because that's what a podcast is. It's like running your own radio station. That's an extraordinary idea. Like when I was in school, no one was talking about running your own radio station. You know, you had to be a zillionaire to do that. Whereas now for a handful of bucks, we can create our own interviews and we can connect with people. And, you know, and it's also that, so... Yeni, who Yeni Stromgren, who you spoke to, connected me to you, and it's all just those little connections. It's a bit like the brain connecting little things over time. All of a sudden, just keeps expanding things, and it makes the world go round. You know, it's it's spectacular.
0: Yeah, this this is actually amazing, and I'm I'm really thrilled to be in this in this time here and to enjoy this. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. yeah. So, um, Something to be grateful for, huh? <laughs> exactly, yeah.
0: And uh, you are mentioning the fact that uh, people are uh, great reasons to be grateful and uh, are really important for us and for our happiness. Do you want to mention a few people that you are grateful for?
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, I'd have to always start with my mom and dad because I think, um, it's, it's one of those things where you just go, oh, yeah, of course they're just my mum and dad. And I look at it, when I actually stop and think about it, what they actually gave up for me is, and, our, and my brothers and sisters is pretty spectacular. So my dad basically just worked a whole bunch of jobs so he could feed the family. And then my mum gave up any sense of career so she could actually have us grow up. And that might be, I get that that's rewarding for my mum as well, and she probably gave up a whole bunch of stuff to have four kids grow up and be happy and healthy. And, you know, I, I can see it's sort of funny that back then my parents had four kids, whereas a lot of parents these days have two and it's a struggle. And I get yeah, that exactly. it's hard. Um, It's just it's a difficult challenge. The world's more complex and all the rest of it. Being a parent um, is a tough gig. So I really value my mum and dad and also some of my close friends like um, Taruni and Yeni and... Helen and Mike and some of these people and Suzanne who've actually really been my rocks for me over the last few years when it's been a little bit tough. And, and even down to I don't have a lot of, I know a lot of people, but I don't have a lot of close friends. I've only got that small handful and I just wish I'd done it better, you know, or, or not better, but I wish, I want to thank them for being part of what I've, what I've got right now. And sometimes I just wish I'd been less stingy about my friendships because I don't always ask for help or tell people what's going on. So I'm really glad they're still with me (laughs) and supported (laughs) and look forward to the good times ahead.
0: That's wonderful. That's wonderful. Um, Yeah, I think that (laughs) it's not really easy to ask for help and uh, to open up and to be vulnerable and to, Uh, really have deep friendships and uh, it's wonderful to value the ones that we have.
1: Yeah. And I think it's that man man thing again, that us men, our default is not to do that very well, but I'm I'm (laughs) learning, I'm getting better. (laughs)
0: Yeah. Yeah. So um, where can people find you? Where can people see your work, uh, Jeff?
1: Um, the, The easiest way is to go over to my website. So another modern miracle Um, that we have websites, so jeffmcdonald.com is my website and I've written a bunch of books and I'm running a program called Project Passion. There's almost a 1,000 blog posts, there's 90-odd podcasts, there's a lot of stuff there and it's mostly about ideas and books and how you can make money from your ideas. So head over there and hopefully it makes some sense to (laughs)
0: All right. So um, head over to uh, Jeff's website and see what an idea architect does. And uh, thank you for listening. And uh, thank you, Jeff, for being uh, with us and uh, for sharing your amazing tips. Thank you.
1: Uh, thank you, George. Uh, great to have this conversation and just have a chance to stop and think about all the wonderful things in life. So thank you.
0: Thank you. Are you looking for an easy way to be more grateful and happy during workdays? Get a daily checklist with the best 5 ways to easily supercharge your gratitude during workdays. You will discover the simple tricks that will make gratitude easy for you that I've learned from interviewing amazing successful people for the Gratitude Podcast. You will also have simple daily checklists that you can print and use right now and also tips for what to do when you wake up, when you're on your commute, at work, after work and before sleep. You can find it on georgiambenta.com slash checklist. Again, georgiambenta.com slash checklist.